The introduction of new technologies and ingredients in foods will always polarise opinions and cause headaches for regulators. And few have brought more headlines in recent years than the topic of nanomaterials and foods. But what does nano even mean in the context of food? How can it be used? And are people really that worried about it? I'm Nathan Gray, reporting for foodnavigator.com, and today I'm joined by Vic Morris of the UK's Institute of Food Research, who is going to hopefully provide some answers to some of these big questions. So, Vic, when talking about nanomaterials in foods and the emerging role that they're having, what sort of areas are we talking about? Um, I think that if you look at the sort of products that are being advertised on the internet, um, most of the areas are in things like encapsulation and release or improved bioavailability or trying to build in um, structures into foods that improve the nutritional benefits or the quality or stability or or give you extra benefits like sort of protection against long-term diseases, controlling things like fat intake and so on, cutting down on things like obesity. Okay, and what benefits does the nanomaterial have for these sorts of applications? I think the advantage of making things very small is Mm -hmm. that um, there is Actually, as a material gets small, it scatters light less, so you can put them into transparent drinks and so on. Um, also, the, the materials become more stable. If you have an emulsion, it tends to settle, so it separates into oil and water because of the difference in, in densities. And if you make the particle very small, that separation doesn't occur, so a nano emulsion is much more stable. Um, the particles are small and the brownie emulsion keeps them in suspension. So it means that you can deliver things in a much wider range of products. Uh, And so there are those sort of advantages. So if you want to deliver fat-soluble materials, you can do it in in a much wider range of products. Now, one thing that's consistently mentioned with regard to nanofoods is consumer concerns. Do you think that people are really that worried about nanotechnology in foods? Um, I I don't know. I've taken part in, in a number of sort of um, surveys with people like WITCH and the Food Standards Agency and, and you, you get two types of views, almost opposite. Some people are against it and they don't understand it and other people are for it and they don't really understand it and probably a lot of people are in between and they just feel they don't have enough information. And I think the trouble is nanotechnology is, is so broad that you, you can't say to them this is what nanotechnology means in food. You can only give them specific examples and some of those they might be concerned about and others they wouldn't and, and that's the problem you can't talk about it in general terms and I think the interesting thing is that once people sit down and start to talk about the sort of products that could be produced um, some people remain violently against it and they don't think there should be any sort of treatment of foods but other people start to appreciate the risks and benefits and they feel as long as it is being regulated and as long as they're sure it's safe, then if there are benefits, then they, they seem to want to accept it. Okay. And do you think that consumers need to be worried about certain applications of nanotechnology? If you take nanotechnology in its broadest form, where you're talking about engineering at the molecular level, then the vast majority of, of what could be classed as nanotechnology involves almost a, a simple extension of screening and processing of foods but it's, it's, it's because we understand more about the structures, we can do it in a much more rational way and we can produce better quality foods. And then there's a very tiny fraction of materials which aren't covered by current sort of screening or regulatory procedures because they're materials that are 
remain in the body and because they're very small they can go to parts of the body uh, we're not sure exactly where they go or how they go and what they do when they get there if they're not metabolized and it's a very tiny proportion of the applications of nanotechnology where the risk can't at the moment be calculated and they're the ones that tend to be highlighted when people are talking about nanotechnology and they're the ones that are causing people some concern. Do you think greater regulation or re-evaluating the definitions of what constitutes a nanomaterial could help? I think if, if the procedures for regulating nanotechnology are a sort of tiered approach where you exclude all materials that are currently covered by regulations and focus on those that uh, would be accumulated and not metabolised in the body where we don't have methods to understand the risks or at the moment we don't know enough about what happens to calculate those risks. Those are the ones that should be of concern, I think, and those are the ones that might ultimately need labelling in some form if they're approved. Okay. Well, my thanks to Vic for joining me today. This is Nathan Gray reporting for Food Navigator.